0: Well, Soul City Church, happy anniversary.
1: happy anniversary.:
0: Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Jeannie.:
1: Happy anniversary, Jared.
0: Jared, with the D. with the D. We are so excited for today and to be with y'all. For those of you who are packed into this room and packed into our overflow spaces, we are so, so grateful to God that you are here. We have so much to celebrate. And speaking of celebrating, I just want to take a second, if I could, to celebrate our amazing volunteers that serve here faithfully every week, week in, week out. We celebrate them. They are amazing. They're the reason this all works, and they are the backbone of this church, and they would tell you that they don't do it so that you clap for them or so that you... Uh, say thanks to them, they would probably tell you the best way for you to thank them is to join them. Mm-hmm. And we would love to have you be a part of what God's doing here by serving and making a difference in this church and in this world. So we are so, so glad for them and so glad for you.
1: And we pause every single year on our anniversary to celebrate, not just because of uh, we like to party and we like to have moments to celebrate, but because we believe that God encourages us to celebrate, that he actually instructs us to celebrate. In fact, throughout the entire Old Testament and into the New Testament people would pause, they would, they would gather up stones, and they would actually build altars, and they would say, God, you have been so faithful to us, and so we want to mark right here in this moment that you have been good, and that's why we celebrate. That's why we choose to come together on our anniversary, so that we can say, God, you have been so faithful, because not too long ago, this was not this. Mm-hmm. This was a dream. This was a vision. This was a hope. This was a, oh God, please, kind of prayer. And after it was a dream and a hope and a prayer, it started to become a few people gathered in a living room. And then God's faithfulness gave us this space and this location. And then more people started to come. And more people started to come. And now look around, like really look around in this space. You're one of four gatherings today, and there are people in overflow. This is an only God movement. And today what we celebrate and what we say hallelujah to is his faithfulness, hmm. his goodness. Because from the beginning till now, this is an only God story.
0: Hmm. And sometimes there just there aren't enough words or even feels like there's not enough right words to express when you feel this overwhelmed, this grateful, when you see God move at this, there's just not enough words. And we need, we need good words, especially these days. I think all of us would say we are trying to find the words to even frame these la- this last week and this last year in our country. And so it's important. Our words matter and there's power to our words. But we're also in a culture where we're using words less and less. And so, just by a show of hands, here in our overflow space, if in texting someone or emailing this some, someone this last week you used an emoticon, an emoji of some sort, raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? Or, it, okay, so and you're familiar with GIFs or GIFs, however you pronounce it every week, it seems like it changes. We all know what I'm talking about, right? That's a big thing for us and our kids. We, we, our kids have old iPods that we, they can text if they're on Wi-Fi. And so anytime they're over at a, a sleepover at a friend's house, you know, we'll text and check in with them. And it's funny how if you look at the dialogue between my son and I, he's 11, it's almost all GIFs or GIFs, it's all those pictures. And he was going to bed uh, not too long ago to sleep over, and he texted me a picture from Empire Strikes Back, the movie Empire Strikes Back, with Princess Leia and Han Solo, and it just said, I love you, and then Han Solo said, I know. <laughs> and that meant so much to me. <laughs> he knows me. And he said it all with just one little uh, picture like that. And so... I think it's important in in moments like this and in days like this that we're living in that we have some words to put to uh, what is going on and what God is doing. And I want to introduce you to a word, or maybe reintroduce some of you to a word, uh, a word that was brought to our popular lexicon by the late Leonard Cohen, uh, one of the great tortured singer-songwriters of our day who just passed this last week. And the song he brought to the forefront was a song called Hallelujah. And it's a word that actually comes right out of the Bible. And it's a word that I think is important to us and matters to us in days like today. In days like this where we're choosing to stop and to actually celebrate God. The word hallelujah means to express praise or joy or thanks especially to God. That's what hallelujah means, to express praise or joy or thanks especially to God. As we were studying and preparing for our time to be with you here this weekend, I was kind of looking up and making sure, you know, I understood this word and the root of this word. And so, of course, I read the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, you know, definition of this word. And what's so great is as the example sentence for how to use hallelujah in a sentence, this is what it has. It says, hallelujah, the bank approved our loan. (laughs) Okay, sure, if that's how you want to use it, I think there's more, better uses for it than that, but sure. Uh, the word hallelujah is a word when you simply don't have, have other words to say, to express your gratitude or your awareness of God's goodness or God's greatness in your midst. It's really important on days like this, like an anniversary like this, to use that word. And it's really actually important in days like that we're living in right now, to use this word. Because this word reminds us, and it, and it re-centers us, it re-envisions us, and there's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of pain, and there's a lot of division in our nation right now. A lot of uncertainty. And that's just in our neck of the woods. You know, actually, if you kind of step back from our current cultural moment, that for many folks around the world, our brothers and sisters around the world, this is their reality every day. Yeah. And they know a lot more about this than we do. And that's why it's so important for us with eyes wide open to turn our eyes to heaven Mm. and to see God for all of who he is and all that he's done. And actually say with our whole heart, hallelujah, Mm. hallelujah, you can still be praised. I still have joy I can still say thank you, God, even in the midst of it all. And so what I want to do is I want to read to you a passage. Normally we have you pull out a Bible and read along, but I want to read to you from a different translation of the Bible today. So you can just read along on the screens here in an overflow as well. From Psalm 145 where someone captures the spirit of hallelujah, and it's incredibly relevant to the days that we are living in today. Just see as we read this text from thousands of years ago how much it applies to our lives today and gives us the courage to say hallelujah. This is Psalm 146. Here's what it says. It says, uh, hallelujah, just right out the gate, hallelujah, O oh, my soul, praise God. All my life long, I'll praise God, singing songs to my God as long as I live. It says, don't put your life in the hands, now listen to this, don't put your life in the hands of experts who know nothing of life, of salvation life. Mere humans don't have what it takes. When they die, their projects die with them. That's why we've been saying for the last couple of weeks leading up to the election that for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we don't put our faith into elections. We put our faith into action. action. We say this is actually a time for us to act and to extend God's love because people die, projects die, parties die. And so we don't put our faith in those things. Instead, it says, verse five, get help from God, the God of Jacob. Put your hope in God and know what real blessing is like. Now, listen to this. In days where people feel more unseen and uncertain and unwelcome and unwanted than ever before. Verse six. God made the sky and soil, sea and all the fish in it. He does what he says. He defends the wronged. He feeds the hungry. He frees prisoners. He gives sight to the blind. He lifts. Up the fallen. God loves good people, protects, listen to this, protects strangers, takes the side of orphans and widows, but makes short work of the wicked. Verse 10 God is in charge Mm -hmm. always. Mm. All caps, exclamation point. (laughs) Zion's God is God for good. And the closing word is? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that an awesome and powerful and poignant reminder of who God is and what he's done? That's what hallelujah does. It reminds me of who God is and what he's done and what he's going to do. Hallelujah is a way of praising God in advance by faith for what you believe he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Because he always does what he says he's going to do. And by saying hallelujah, especially like the days that we're living in today, it may seem counterintuitive, but it's incredibly powerful because that word, that posture can shift and shape your perspective. To actually be able to bless God and worship God can shift and shape your perspective. Many years ago, a Canadian theologian named Harry Ironside said this about that shift. He said, we would worry a whole lot less if we praised more. We'd worry a lot less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. And then even when times are difficult or when times are going well, there's always something to say, hallelujah, I praise you, God, you are always, always still in control. And so this is why today we're choosing with all of who we are to say to all of who God is, hallelujah, hallelujah, God be praised.
1: And you know, the writer of the Psalms says that we are to sing this, we're to exclaim this. It's why we had a huge choir this morning. And so I want to ask you, Soul City Church, if you will join in on the hallelujah. You know, I, I know that um, I sit down here in the front row most weeks, and I'm oftentimes my own personal amen choir, Come on. Um, my own hallelujah choir. It's not that I have feelings about this. Um, I have a few. Um, but, you know, I, I, give the, I give the amens to the preacher. I appreciate I, it. I participate. Um, I, I give the mm, mm. Maybe it will ripple past me into the rose. And you've been slow to come along. Mm-hmm. You've been slow to come along. Today, I want to give you an invitation to join in. That from your six forward, we will now be a church that, that calls and responses, if you will. Okay? So, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to practice. So, when I say, and we say, you say, hallelujah. Okay? So, and we say, hallelujah. And we say, Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you some things that God has done in and through this church over the last year, just over the last year. And when I say and we say, you're gonna say, Hallelujah. Okay, so listen to this, you guys, you got this. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be really it's good. It's finally
0: coming together. To it's me. coming
1: together. It took six years, mm-hmm. but it's happening. Yep. In twenty sixteen, this is amazing. 1,494 people on average come in and out of the doors of Soul City Church on Sunday. That is amazing. And you say... Hallelujah. That's right. Do you know what's amazing? Is that for Easter we had 2,679 people over six gatherings. And you say, Hallelujah. It's incredible. Last year in 2015, we baptized 72 people. That's amazing. This year in 2016, and the year's not over yet, we've already baptized 123 people. And you say, Hallelujah. What's amazing is that there are over 712 people that serve at Soul City Church every single week. And you say...
0: Hallelujah.
1: Upstairs in Soul City Kids, this past year, we have grown 21% as a ministry. And you say...
0: Hallelujah.
1: And help us, Jesus. Yes. (laughs) Help us. At the big find this last year, over 2,500 guests came as we threw a party for the West Loop and gathered up over 30,000 Easter eggs. Is that correct? Yeah. 30,000 Easter eggs. And you say? Hallelujah. It's amazing. And what we do is we continue as a church to say that what God has given to us, we are responsible to give to others. That's right. And so 10% of every single dollar that comes into this space gets invested into others. It gets invested into local ministries, into global ministries. It gets invested into our benevolence ministry that cares for those in this church that find themselves in a difficult season. And God has been so faithful through our different partnerships, through Brown Elementary, through Debt Elementary, through Breakthrough Urban Ministries, through Habitat for Humanity, for our I-Mentor ministry. And God is moving in those ministries. And we say together... Hallelujah. And perhaps what is so remarkable to me is the faith adventure that we have gone on as a church this last year. You know, we stepped into this audacious dream, this incredible vision called For the Love because we continued to realize that we were running out of space, that more and more people wanted to engage with the love of God, but we didn't have room for them. And so through unbelievable prayer and unbelievable vision, we stepped out and we said, we're going to be a church that is for the love God provided the land directly to the east, and we stepped out into a For the Love campaign like never before, and we set out as a church body to go above and beyond what we give every single week to raise $7 million into a campaign so that we could experience a new transformation center on that land. And what's incredible to me, 573 people said you can count on me. Wow you can count on me. I'm going to be a person that is for the love. And you pledged and you said, I'm in. Uh, What's amazing of that $7 million goal that we set out, $5.8 million was pledged towards that goal. That's incredible. And to date of that $7 million goal, we have already received $5.13 million towards what God is doing. And the people of God say,
0: Hallelujah.
1: Friends, these are more than stats. These are more than numbers. These are more than dollar figures. This is the work of God. It's the work of God. Behind every number, behind every dollar is a person, is a name, is a soul that God loves. And we kind of started this little tradition over the years to be able to reflect our hallelujah through light. And so you're going to need your cell phone for right now. And don't make a call or text somebody. You're just going to need the part of your cell phone that lights up. And when I ask you a question, if this would represent you, I just want you to light up your cell phone as a way of almost saying without words, Hallelujah. And so, for those of you that maybe this last year, in 2016, you found Soul City Church, you weren't here before, and this is now your church, and you found Soul City Church, I just want you to light up your cell phone so we can see and we can say welcome to you. We are wow, so awesome. glad that that's you are awesome. here. So beautiful, to those of you that in this last year you have been a part of a circle, you've been a part of a community, you have experienced the beauty that comes from doing life with one another. I just want you to light up your cell phone. Look around the room. Small
0: group this last year. Wow,
1: not amazing. Those of you that have experienced the ministry and the power of prayer in and through this church over the last year. Someone's prayed with you. Someone's prayed for you. You've experienced God move through prayer. I just want you to light up your cell phone. Wow. Mm. And finally, to those of you that would say, in this last year, you started a relationship with Jesus, or perhaps you came home to a relationship with Jesus. You had wandered, you'd been, you know, away from from being in relationship with him and you've come home. I just want you to light up your cell phone. That's awesome. Friends, every one of those lights is a light that says hallelujah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Hallelujah.
0: (laughs) I think Siri just said hallelujah. and
1: Siri just said hallelujah too. To that, so yeah. I'm glad you caught
0: yeah. that. No, it's joining it's catching in. On. Yeah. It's catching yeah, on. Yeah, it's really catching on. Well, we have so much to celebrate from this last year, as Jeannie said, all of these numbers represent stories and lives, and we continue to say, Hallelujah, God, we want to see hmm. more. Because here's what we believe, just fundamentally, here's what we believe: we believe God's not done. Hmm. That we've only just begun and that our best days as a church are yet to come. Yes. That's a fundamental belief of ours that God is leading us and moving us forward. And so we are so excited as we see so many people who've begun a relationship with Jesus here in this church or who've come back home to him. We've seen so many people get baptized here. We want to see more and more people begin a transformational relationship with Jesus. In fact, we want to see over 200 people baptized this next year as a church. We may even cross that number before the end of this year. We're so excited to see that. And what's encouraging is that you may be sitting here today as a guest or a friend of someone who dragged you here. You're not even totally sure why you're here. You came for the free Martinelli's and you're here and you may be lighting up your phone next year Mm -hmm. saying that this was the place that you came back home or this is the place that you found God for the very first time. And we want to make more room for more of that to happen. Uh, this last fall, we tried something. We wanted to create a space for us to study the Bible in a way that we really can't on Sundays like this with our schedule being what it is. And so we had a very stripped down, unpolished you know, uh, midweek Bible study. It's the most creative name we'd ever come up with. It was a Bible study that happened in the middle of the week. And so we just <laughs> put our best people on it and that's what we came up with. And uh, it, it was, there was such a response to that. And we only had limited space and so many folks uh, came that we're going to be bringing that back this January and actually opening that up to more folks so that more people can really study and engage the Bible uh, like never before. And we're very excited about that. She's very excited about that. All right. And the, uh, some of what Jeannie mentioned with our partners and what we've been doing through our Love Works a ministry and initiative here at the church is so encouraging, and as God has continued to grow that, our strategy from the very beginning was to go deep before we ever went wide, to have real partnership with those that we are privileged to partner with here in the city. And if you've been around Soul City for long enough, you may have noticed that our partnerships are only here in the city, uh, through the schools that we're partnered with and the ministries and organizations here. And uh, we continue to commit to being a partner. Not as someone who has all the solutions to all the problems, but as someone who walks with, stands with, and does whatever we can to come alongside our partners. But what we're also very excited about is that this year we're going to be sending Soul City folks around the world. We're actually partnering with a ministry called Enlace in El Salvador, and we'll be sending our first international trip to Soul City Church this year. And we are very, very, very excited about that. And now more than ever honestly we want to those who are overlooked and under-resourced and oppressed to know that there's a community of people in Chicago committed to them and committed to holding out for nothing less than God's best for their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're committed to following the God that we just studied about and we just read about. We're committed to, to diving in deeper to following the God who defends the wrong and who feeds the hungry and who frees prisoners, gives sight to the blind and lifts up the fallen. Mm-hmm to be a people who protect strangers and welcome them in, and who takes the side of orphans and widows. We're committed to listening and learning and leveraging whatever we have to be a part of what God is doing in this city, to be a light in this city with all of its beautiful complexities and all of its Broken places. We're even more committed to the city than ever before. And we're very excited this next year to open the doors of our brand new transformation center, which is more than tripling our current existing space as we take over the land that God provided for us next door. We're so excited to open our doors and to continue to fulfill our commitment to be the church better seven days a week rather than just one by having space for more folks to meet at more different times throughout the week, places to connect, to gather, for small groups to gather together for people to have connections and conversations with God we're actually going to have more space for recovery groups we're going to have more space uh, for people to gather in Soul City Kids is actually going to double their space which we're very excited about Soul City volunteers said hallelujah to that one and uh, we are just excited to be able to open up more seats for more folks to hear about the love of Jesus That's what we're really excited about is that more and more people are going to have the opportunity to to have their own hallelujah story with God. And I think of the stories that are in this room and throughout Mm. this church. And we could go on the rest of the day saying hallelujah to God for every single one of you, whether you realize it or not, Mm. you're a hallelujah story in the making. Mm. And I think of a guy named Rob at our church who came about a year and a half ago, pretty skeptical, pretty cynical about the whole God thing, the whole faith thing, the whole church thing, and got dragged here by his girlfriend. And so he comes and goes to starting point and is able to have a safe space to ask his big questions about God and faith and all that stuff. And and then he gives his life to Jesus. He trusts Jesus, makes him the center of his life. And what's so fun is that Rob now serves on our next team. And so a year after giving his life to Jesus, he's helping people take their next steps with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we just, we just like love getting people involved. And so we celebrate (laughs) Rob, we celebrate that story. I think of, um, I think of Joel Barnes, I just saw Joel a second ago, uh, who has committed to being uh, a part of this community as a single dad and has found community with other dads and has found a a place to share the load of uh, being a good father. And uh, it was a privilege for us to be able to stand with Joel as he got to baptize his daughter Hannah this summer in Lake Michigan. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) To be able to say hallelujah for his family. I think of the Shaddocks, Baird and Teresa. They're right there. They, they hate this part, but we love them. And they are rock star volunteers here. Mm-hmm. On top of leading an incredible small group community, uh, Teresa has been a leader in Soul City Kids, our daughter's favorite leader. Uh, no offense to the rest of you who've been her leaders, <laughs> but Teresa's here and I'm talking about her. So. And then they also serve all over the church and other places. They help lead teams that Prepare incredible meals, incredible food for a lot of our events, for our back-to-school bash, for Eden, for elders' meetings. I'm personally very thankful Teresa has taken us last year to every elder meeting, walk us through a meal from around the world incredible care and intentionality with how they serve. And they'll be helping with all the meals that we serve at our Christmas store coming up in a couple of weeks. We are so grateful. And we say hallelujah to God for you and for your family and that you're a part of this church. We could go on and on and on, but I think we could all say there's enough evidence for us to mm-hmm. say hallelujah, God be praised.
1: Mm. And it's true. We could, we could go throughout this entire room and each of you are a hallelujah story. God has been revealing a hallelujah story through every single one of your lives. And my hunch is, you're somewhat like me. And this last week, regardless of, of where you're at, um, you saw the state of our country, and you saw the pain, and you saw the ache in so many people's lives. And hallelujah was a hard word for you to utter. Perhaps it was a hard thing for you to imagine saying. And I know for me, um, it was one of the words that was far from my lips. Not in a political way, but in a viewing the brokenness and the pain and the ache that lives at the foundation of our country. Mm. And for me, all week long, I kept saying, um, Jesus, if you were here, like really physically here and you were walking among us and and I want to make sure that I'm clear Um, when I speak of Jesus I'm not referring to the media Jesus I'm referring to the gospel Jesus because they're very different but Jesus if you were here and you were walking among us what is it that you would do what is it that you would say And the thing that I know about Jesus, because I've read the New Testament over and over and over again, and one of the things that was most frustrating for people about Jesus is that when they would go to Jesus and they would ask Jesus questions, is that they would be wanting him to give an answer, and yet he would always respond with a question. Jesus, would you tell us what to do? Jesus, would you tell us what to say? Jesus, would you tell us who the greatest is? And he would never answer their question. And instead, he would give a question back. And so as I've been wrestling this last week, I started wondering, Jesus, what's the question that you're asking us? What's the question that you're asking Soul City Church in this now moment? Hmm. And I just heard him so lovingly whisper, A question that rattled my soul, and I believe that if every one of us really wrestled with it, I believe it would rattle your soul as well and the kind of rattling that needs to be done. And the question is this. Soul City Church, is everyone welcome at our table? Mm. Really, Soul City Church is everyone really welcome at our table. Because what I know about Jesus, not the media Jesus, the gospel Jesus, is that in his day, the people that came around his table were lepers and they were tax collectors and they were prostitutes, and they were the poor, and they were bleeding women. And I have to believe that if they sat at his table, then they're still sitting at his table today. They're still sitting at his table today. And so Soul City Church, I wanna ask you, who is really sitting at our table? Mm. Who is really sitting at our table? And is everyone welcome? Because his table, his table, I believe, is filled with people of every single race and no race has preferential treatment at his table. That's right. At his table, his table is filled with both women and men. Mm -hmm. No one has a greater seat at his table. Mm -hmm. At his table, it is open to the conservative, and it is open to the liberal. It is open to the Democrat, and it is open to the Republic. At his table, the physically ill are welcomed. The mentally ill are welcomed. Mm. At his table, at his table, there are both gay and there are straight at his table. That is who sits around Jesus' table. At his table, it is open to singles, and it is open to married, and it is open to divorce. At his table, the widows are there, and the orphans are there. At his table, it is open to the immigrant, and it is open to the refugee, and it is open to the overlooked, it is open to the forgotten. So if those are welcome at his table, Soul City, I want to say to you, are they welcome at our table? Are they welcome at this table? Because how dare we say that we are going to be a church that is for the love if we do not open our table to all. To all. And I'm not about making political statements. I'm a pastor, so I don't do that. But I make Jesus statements and hear me and I'm fiery and I'm strong and I've got some feelings about this. Soul City Church, how dare we say we are for the love if we are not for the love of every single person in this city. And I will not, I will not have us build a church that is filled with brick and with mortar and with steel. Jared, I know you told me to not get fiery, but I feel some fire. We will not, we will not, we will not raise all of this money and open doors and windows and say some can come, but some cannot. We are for the love. For the love of all people, all are welcome here and wanted here because Jesus loves every single one of us. Every single one of us. And so I want to say to those of you that have been for the love, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for going above and beyond. Thank you for praying. Thank you for believing. Thank you for sacrificing. Thank you for giving well beyond what you already give. Your giving is actually what is making all of that happen out there. Those diggers are here. They're pouring concrete because of your giving. There are not angels up in the sky that invest money into bank accounts. They are you. They're me. And your sacrificial giving is making that happen. And I just want to say to those of you that have chosen to be for the love, the 573 of you that made a commitment, and you have started to give, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to those of you that were called and inspired and challenged and and pushed last year to make a commitment, and for whatever reason you haven't been able to start doing that, I want to say to you today, we need you we desperately need you there's no way that can be completed without you from the very beginning we said this is an all-in hundred percent we've all got to do it and whether you give ten dollars or one million dollars every single one of us is needed to make a difference and so for those of you that made a commitment and you have yet to start giving I want to ask you will you join us we be a part of what God is doing here. And just a few minutes ago, a whole bunch of you lit up your cell phones and you said, God brought me here in this last year. And I want to say to you, we want you to be a part. We want you to be a part of this. Some of you were relocated here. Some of you found yourself living in Chicago. Some of you have come back home to Chicago. Some of you wandered into this place and you stopped me all the time in the hall and you're like, what's the deal? What are we building over there? What's happening over there? And how do I be a part of that? And I want to say to you today, now's the time. We need you. We have a ways to go. In fact, we put packets in every single one of your seatbacks today. And if you have yet to be a part of For the Love, I want to ask you today, would you take this home? And over the next few weeks, would you go on a journey with us to see how God might be asking you to be a part of this? How we might be calling you to be a person that is for the love. and In fact, one of the things we wanted to do on this anniversary Sunday is we wanted to give you a chance to kind of mark this moment. And you know, you know this about us. We're like, we give out stones and have you write your name. We give out pieces of wood, have you write something on that. We give you stakes to put in the ground. And so we had to come up with one more thing, right? And so we've got these little for the love markers and we created a beautiful install that we're gonna move into our new space when when God takes us in there and Lord willing, I believe we're gonna celebrate our seven-year anniversary in that space. Right, Joey? (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) And what we wanna ask you to do today is we want you to take one of these, they're underneath the seats, you can pass them down the aisles and if you've already made a commitment to For the Love, we want you to write your name on this, and we want you to go over to the piece of artwork. And we want you to put your mark. We want you to put your tag. We want you to say, I am for the love. And some of you today, you might want to take this home, and you haven't made a commitment yet, and you want to begin to pray about what God is asking you to do so that you can join in, and you can put your mark in saying, I am for the love.
0: You know, we believe in marking moments. We believe in a marking hallelujah moments. We believe that we're living in one uh, together as a church right now. And so we're so excited to see what God does. For those of you, again, for those of you who have already committed, already pledged, already given, or you want to start today and take the packet home sign that when we're done with our gathering here in a moment, you can go right out to the lobby and go hang yours up on there. We're excited to see that come together because we really do believe that God's not done, that we've only in fact just begun and that our best days are yet to come. Soul City, the table is set. All are welcome and we have the opportunity to choose to really live our lives in a way that we say, that we get to say we are for the love, God's love being extended in our life in this city and in this world. And as much as we have to celebrate today, and we love celebrating, I want to be very clear. Jeannie said it a moment ago. I want to be really, really clear. It's not about numbers. It's not about dollars and cents. It's not about brick and mortar. Our hope is, here's the reality. Proverbs 146 said it, or Psalm 146 said it. We already know this. This will all fade. This will all fade. As much as we... Love our volunteers. It's not about our volunteers. As much as we love our staff team, it's not about our staff team. As much as Jean and I love leading this church together, it's not about us. It's ultimately about a name that is above all names. Yes. The name that will last long after ballots are cast, long after you and I are dead and gone, and that's the name of Jesus. Yes. And the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is above it all. And that is always and only what we are about. And so what I want to ask you to do is to stand up right now. We're going to close our time by uh, worshiping God together and and declaring, proclaiming that name of Jesus. And we take a posture of prayer around here. If you've been around here for a while, you know it. If you're new, we just basically do this. We open up our hands rather than folding them up and closing them off. We open up our hands and say, God, we're open to you. And so I'd encourage you to take a posture of openness and we just wanna pray and close out our time by saying hallelujah to the beautiful, the wonderful, the powerful name of Jesus. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, thank you that you actually are above it all. There is no vision greater than you, than a cross and an empty tomb. And so Jesus, we thank you. We would not be here if it were not for you. And all that we have to celebrate ultimately comes from you and it's all for you. And so we want to bless your name, Jesus. We want to be a church. Long after everyone forgets the name of this church, I pray that this world would never forget the name of Jesus and that your name would be known above ours and above everything that we do and that we're about. And so we thank you, Jesus, for how you've made yourself available to us, how you've made yourself available to the world, how you've set the table and invited all to come in to know you, to have a relationship with you and the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that all are welcomed, all are wanted at your table. And so we thank you for that in this moment as we sing hallelujah to your name. It's in your name we pray.